0: Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Wrong Football Podcast. My name is Dan, I'm here with G, the editor of thewrongfootball.com and we're here to discuss all things American football again this week. Who
1: uh,
0: So it's been quite a uh, quite a light week in terms of news this week. Uh, it's been uh, very little that's, that's kind of caught our attention. Um, one thing that we did see, uh, we are both quite big uh, music fans. We've both been in bands, we've both been in bands together. Uh, and one thing that they uh, they did seem to not so much announce, but it seems like it's a a showing is that uh, Coldplay are going to be doing this year's halftime show at the Super Bowl. What do
1: you uh, what do you think about that, G? I'm sort of almost ambivalent. Um, I'm not one of those people who jumps up and down and screams and shouts at the, the mere mention of Coldplay. Um, that would be my other half. Uh, <laughs> you know, and you know, I do own the first few albums of theirs, but it's not exactly inspiring. Uh, choice for the Super Bowl just in that very often you've had sort of like Super Bowls sort of almost be defined by some of the songs that have been played at halftime and the one that immediately leaps to my mind is um, Tom Petty when he was playing yeah. and you know the sort of the, the I Won't Back Down seemed to get adopted by the Giants who um, obviously got that late upset upset even and We've had the likes of Love Em or Love Em. You two are famed for their roadshow. More importantly to me, someone like Bruce Springsteen was amazing. Mm. And now we've got sort of Coldplay um, following... I'm forgetting who did it last year we had Bruno Mars and sort of like Red Hot Chili Peppers relatively recently wasn't it Katy Perry last it year it was
0: Katy Perry yeah with the with the ridiculous shark
1: that's right left shark you stole the show or something the whole internet <laughs> the went one. mad after it mean, I mean the thing is that you know visually it was spectacular if you're into that kind of pop stuff but musically it's been a bit lightweight this year and, and that almost feels the way I like bits of Coldplay but a lot of their late stuff is basically lift music
0: yeah that's, that's not a bad shout actually to be fair what's been your, your I know you mentioned of Bruce Springsteen, you, you uh, enjoyed that one. What's been some of your some of your highlights, some of your favourite ones?
1: Well, I'm going to go back to Bruce Springsteen just for for a moment, just because you know, basically he slid. Um, across the stage groin first into the face of the entire world um, and that was pretty special but no <laughs> I really really you know I really enjoyed that one I enjoyed Tom Petty actually mm. I'm trying to think back I mean they've had some really good bands I, I'm more going back to performances I didn't enjoy oh, um, yeah. I'm, I'm suddenly having a flashback to For Who who I love as a band but um, yeah. I very much feel like they really should have stopped touring when Keith Moon died
0: mm. along similar lines one of my one of my favourites is probably the rolling stones um 2006 thought they were uh, they were really good they were certainly one of my one of my favorites
1: i am now kicking myself for not mentioning them just because i love the rolling stones got a chance to see them too um yeah and and just that bit earlier where they were still doing okay they were doing the age of rocket aging rocker thing but it wasn't quite as pronounced as now and and yeah no it's for me it with these things it's all about the band's that have the songs and the back catalogue that they can just pump hit after hit after hit after hit and have the stage show to go with it. I mean, I I hated the Black Eyed Peas. I thought Beyonce put on a great show, but I wasn't sure she had enough big hits to do it. And then you look at someone like Bruno Mars, who... I actually quite enjoyed his stage show. I mean, there was a huge amount of James Brown throwback to it, but mm. um, I just didn't think he had enough songs.
0: Well, at least we're uh, not, uh, hopefully not going to be able to be, uh, be seeing any, any wardrobe malfunctions this year.
1: Yes, uh, I was trying to avoid that, but <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> it's probably best if they don't do that. Look at the bright side. If we're doing uh, um, Super Bowl round your house again, you'll have time to prepare the burgers for um, after half time. Perfect.
0: <laughs> um, so the other thing which we, we, we wanted to uh, talk about uh, this week, I know you've uh, been, been jumping up and down about this all season, G. Uh, is the state of refereeing. Um, there's been some real questionable decisions this, this year from from the referees, which has been really noticeable as well. How much, how many penalties there've been um, as as compared to previous seasons what's going
1: on it's a combination of things i think it's almost yet another demonstration of the sort of the nfl's administrative um incompetence it sort of goes hand in hand with their sort of we'll make it up as we go along approach to discipline Mm. in the we had the lockout and the lockout was basically solved because of the um horrendous decision i'm blanking who the other team were but it cost green bay a game they had like a play that they got a bad catch rule Surprise, surprise. But um, they're sort of tying themselves in knots with a couple of things. I think the two key ones is that nobody knows what a catch is anymore. Yeah. The rule is just, they, they keep trying to define away all these different things, and it's just making it harder and harder to, to negotiate. And I kind of heard um, Ross Tucker talking about it and just going, it's quite simple. If you hold, grab, catch the ball and hold on to it when you hit the ground, it's a catch. If you fumble it, it's a fumble. It's a fumble. Let's, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's just simplify the rule. And if we lose some catches, we lose some catches. But, you know, all this, did he make a football move? Did he make enough steps? You know, and the problem is we all know what a catch looks like, except when we have to try and define it in a way that handles the rule book. The yeah. NFL is probably the only sport that has as many Byzantine rules as cricket and there are almost too many for the referees to spot and they've got 22 men in motion I think that part of the problem is that we still have amateur referees it's a horribly complex game I don't know about you, I'm fairly knackered just trying to keep up writing and, and doing a <laughs> podcast about the NFL. Imagine yeah. doing a full-time job, job, then travelling a fair old whack of distance because the America is not a small place, and then refereeing a game Sunday night, Monday night, whenever, and then going back to work the next and, week. And
0: they're not the youngest of guys. No.
1: They're, they're, they're some <laughs> of, of quite old men. And then the other issue you've got is I think we've fundamentally got a broken rule in that I do not understand what's going on with the pass interference rule, in that I understand that they want to um, you know, encourage passing yards and plays and all that, but we're now at a point where basically if you breathe on a receiver, it's a pass interference penalty, yeah. or a defensive holding is what they usually call. But it's not just that it's a five-yard penalty. It's, 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 I think that if they just tweaked it so it wasn't a bloody first it's down first every down, time, yeah. I think if they just gave five yards. Yards. If they really insist on giving those ticky tacky um, penalties, then you know you, the defense at least would have some chance of stopping a drive.
0: Mm. It's one. It's a strange one for me because it's as a, as a big football fan um, over in this country. It's something that a lot of people kind of almost people who don't necessarily watch the the NFL hold the, the referee in in the NFL up to up to kind of on a, on sort of on a pedestal and more kind of because of the, the whole thing of challenges and the, the video referees and things like that and uh, being able to, to challenge that way, but it it needs a bit of it, it, this just this season has just kind of shown that it, it's not as good as perhaps some people think it does need a bit of polishing
1: I think so yeah and there's, some, there's a bunch of stuff that isn't challengeable that you know causes problems and it's already a stop start game mm. and if you want to make it more appealing to people and try and get some of the flow back not having to throw a flag every other down for something. I mean, there are periods where it's almost unwatchable. Yeah. Thankfully, but, you know, the game is as good as ever. We've got some amazing catches. They're amazing athletes. But it's just, it could do with polishing and tweaking. <laughs> Over here. Right, so let's have a look at week 13's games
0: then. First game we watched, um, and if you've seen any of the highlights, if, if you see seen one highlight this week, it's, I would imagine probably going to be from this game. Uh, it was the Packers versus the Lions on Thursday night. Packers won 27 points to 23. It was a last second Hail Mary by, uh, by Aaron Rodgers, uh, thrown from his own 35.
1: What an absolutely incredible catch. Or throw, even. I I think we just need three words, don't we? Miracle of Motown. Um, It was... was, If there's one thing the NFL does really well, it's the naming of these things. I do (laughs) love, you know, you get the the immaculate reception and all this kind of stuff. It's awesome. Um, It was a really good game, but it was kind of strange in that the Lions dominated the first quarter, scored 17 points, then the defence for Green Bay locked up, but couldn't get anything going on offence. And so... We go to half-time with the Packers shut out and then it just sort of slowly fell apart in the second half. But it sort of masks that a lot of the problems we've talked about with the Packers, about their receivers not getting open, and the timing not being right, yeah. are still there. The real success that the Packers had in moving the ball was dumping it off to um, James Starks on um, screens and little dump-off passes and Richard Rodgers at um, their tight end in the passing game. Uh, Never more so than that Hail Mary pass at the end.
0: Yeah, I mean, he went for a lot of of deep balls. He he spent most of the game trying to to find deep balls. and, And, I mean, mixed results, I must say. But he's... Yeah, I like you say he he did get the the, the best results of the of, of the game were his little short passes and his and his dumping it off to the tight ends.
1: Yeah, and and the, it's the receiving core is just not quite working, and they're still they're still not helping him that much. And it's uh, the run game. I mean, twenty four uh, rush attempts for sixty seven yards.
0: Yeah, not great. Ouch! They're dolphins' numbers from the from the previous week. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Not quite that bad. No, they weren't quite that bad. But it—it's, in fairness to them, they had so many offensive linemen injured during this game, going in and out the game, and they were down to one healthy starter at one point. It was getting yeah. ridiculous. But, And that can't be helping. Uh, it's sort of uh, the Patriots' problem. We'll come to them later. But it's not quite going right in Green Bay and yet somehow they're still well in their division at eight and four. He's you know, let's not forget that Rogers is a really good player. Um, he's working in quite trying circumstances at the moment. And that pass, there aren't too many court backs in the league that could have, you know, made those moves to keep no. keep the play alive with no time on the clock and then um, yeah, heave and he did heave right up into the air, into the end zone.
0: They only really got it because of a, a last second kind of it was a face-mask penalty, wasn't it? Uh, right, with, with zero time left on the clock. It was a face-mask penalty that kind of set it up and, uh, and gave them gave them that extra, gave them 15 yards.
1: Yeah, one of my favourite um, bits from from my column, said he, modestly, but it, it was I stole it from somebody else, is that there's only been five of these, one extra play at the end of a game for a penalty occurrences in the NFL, and we've had two of them this season, both actually off face-mask penalties. Because mm-hmm. obviously it was the Ravens and Browns game. Uh, you know,
0: a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, well, I got this one right in the uh, the picks this week. You uh, you went for the Lions. I went for the Packers. I uh, predicted this one correctly. Again, one of uh, one of few. You pulled away again this week, which I'm uh, not happy about. I think you're probably now far enough ahead for to to not even worry about it because uh, with just a few games left, I think you're nine ahead now,
1: something like uh-huh. that. It's getting that way. I I, I pulled a late um come on you last season to win the series, so I, I'm not counting my chickens yet. And I would just like to say that I only missed by half point on that hail mary. And if we, you know, you, you reckon what one in a hundred, one in a thousand that he pulls that play and I'm not feeling too bad about that pick. It's fine. Saw
0: it coming a mile off. So the second game uh, we watched this week it was the uh, Philadelphia Eagles and the New England Patriots game. Um, Philadelphia Eagles won this one. Uh, second loss in a row for the uh, for the New England Patriots and how on earth did the Philadelphia Eagles manage to win this one they had absolutely nothing in this game it was it was all special teams and
1: interceptions um the answer is because those things count my friend and yeah. i know you're an offensive guy but they won because the patriots are massively banged up they're missing a lot of weapons and so we're having to they were glad they had amadola back but um james white was playing well but otherwise the line is still beat up brady was getting hit a lot um, he threw a pick six, a long pick six, and special teams matter. And the Eagles have been, under Chip Kelly, a pretty good special teams um, team. And I, I think, I mean, one of the ways you can tell, I think, that the Patriots are struggling is that... Um, that Hunt kickoff after the second touchdown. Yeah. And there's some talking about how he, you know, it was a sign of arrogance or showboating or something like that. I think it was a coach trying to get at any edge he can because he knew he was in trouble. Because not only is the offense struggling, but they've lost a couple of linebackers on the defense, and defense isn't quite what it was either. And it's just a perfect storm of can they hold on long enough to at least get Grunk back, but hopefully some linemen. Otherwise... I mean, as good as they've looked all season, now is the time that you want to be peaking. You want to be keep yourself in the race through the first sort of three quarters and then finish strongly and head into playoffs with some momentum. And the Patriots are almost doing the opposite of that.
0: I think they're going to be fine in terms of heading into the playoffs. I don't think there's going to be a problem there. Um... But they certainly do need to to get some healthy players in because they are looking very very weak. They haven't got the depth there that they that they've had previously this season. Like you say, Danny Amendola was 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 really good. stepped up this week, even even caught thirty six passing yards in a in a lovely little uh, little little throw to, to Tom Brady.
1: I'm so glad you mentioned that play. I love that play. I think you can't build an offence based on trickery but just to work it in every now and again yeah. it was such a good sell, selling job of acting by by Tom Brady and he wanders off looking cross, and he looks like he's having an argument and they just snap the ball and yeah he had a longer reception than, than uh, quite a few big name receivers this week with that yeah. one I, I loved that play it was it, it appealed to the football murder in me a lot
0: that's it and then just quickly one uh, what, as we were talking about refereeing earlier what did you think to the towards the end I think it was towards the end there was a um, Fairly dodgy referee uh, decision for for, for me. Amandola he looked to have fumbled it, but they called it called it incomplete.
1: Yeah, we're back to this whole: um, um, catch, did he make not? a football move? Yeah. What's a catch? What's not? Did he take two steps? Did he turn? It's like if you hold on the ball for for you know if it looks like you hold onto the ball and then dropped it, it always used to be a fumble. And it, it's just yeah, the rule needs clearing up.
0: Well, we both got this one. Uh, we both picked this one correctly and picked the Eagles. Uh, so that was, that was one for uh, one for us both this week. Uh, so the, the third game uh, this week it was a very very close game in Miami um, 15-13 to the Dolphins against the Baltimore Ravens I hate playing the Ravens they always seem, always seem to be uh, the Dolphins bogey team as I said pre- in previous weeks I think we've gone into the uh, into the playoffs twice while I've been in, in 15 years I've been been watching the uh, the game both times against the Ravens both times we've lost a lot better than last week but still not not uh, fantastic and um, we weren't up against a particularly good team in the Ravens I must say um, a lot better on the run much better on the run compared to, to previous week
1: I did want to ask you about that because um, the Ravens defence has been struggling but it's not really been struggling against the run so much as yeah. the, the secondary has been having real problems and I I I didn't think that you'd throw the ball over them because I'm not sure about your passing game, but I was curious about whether you get the run game going under the situation.
0: Yeah, well, I think I saw an interesting stat that uh, it was. I think it was mentioned during the commentary. Every game where Lamar Miller this season has run 13 times or more, we've won. Every time, every game where we've where he's run less than 13 times, we've lost. This time, I think he ran 20-something times. He, he did He did very well. Uh, got a lot of yards. 20
1: attempts for 113 yards, I'm looking yeah, at. Um, for me, going back to my off-season research and reading, that sort of ties in. That kind of stat you've just given is one that people like to quote because people still hold on to that whole, you established a run and that sets up your offence. And a lot of times, the counter-argument is, no, you set up the run with the passing offence, and it seems as this is the new NFL. And actually... If you go back and look, the the whole idea of setting up the run with the passing game is an old, old concept because it stretches the field out, you have to respect the deep ball and that gives you more room to work with the runners. I think the important thing for me is not so much establishing the run or setting up the run with the pass, but... The important thing for me is just balance. You Mm. have to respect the other game. This is where the Bengals fell down last season, was that the receivers are so injured. Everybody knew that they were just going to run the ball, and they were stacking eight in the box. And this seems to have been the problem with the Dolphins uh, up until recently, is that... um, they just knew you were going to pass the ball, and they didn't have to worry about the about the run game. So they could focus in on the pass. And what I'm worried about is that you're going to go the other way, and Dan yeah. Campbell's going to go all oh, old school, and we're going to run the ball, run the ball. And unless you have, it doesn't necessarily even have to be like a big expansive passing game. But you need to be able to take that deep strike to keep the defense honest.
0: Well, we certainly need more than we have got that this week. 86 total yards passing. I think that's probably Ooh. the worst game Tanner Hill in terms of figures. That's the that's the least I think I've ever seen.
1: How did he? How did he look throwing the ball? Because you know there can be you can go nine of nineteen and throw six balls which were dropped by receivers, and yeah. you can also be horribly inaccurate with the ball, and it's your fault.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't say he looked particularly good. If I'm perfectly honest. That being said, this was the first game without Bill Lazor, and obviously they they've been used to to his offense uh, for the last couple of seasons now. So. Again, it's a, it's a transitional time it's in, in every, almost every sense of the word for the Dolphins.
1: Except it really isn't because you can't install a new offense in, in. In, in, in season. No, what can you do? It. You can change emphasis so the new guy can come in and he can call the runs, but essentially you're going to be working from the same playbook until um, the summer and the coaching staff gets finalized and yeah. I suspect you get a whole new team and start over again. But he can take the playbook and say, okay, we'll run this, we'll run that. I like this player, I don't like that play." But it, It's yeah. going to be balance and tweaking rather than going, okay, suddenly we're going to run a West Coast offence or whatever, or a power run zone running game. It's just not, you haven't got time to do it.
0: As always, I picked the Dolphins, um, and I was, I was uh, wrong because of the, uh, the spread, but I was happy that, uh, that we won. Um, and you went for the Ravens, so you, uh, you, you pulled a guy with another game on that one final game absolute whitewash for the Bengals um, you did really really well this this week against the uh, against the Browns 37 uh, three to the Bengals um, another real convincing win um, and and I real really must say I've, I've I don't. I can't see anything uh, getting getting any better for the Browns this, this, for the rest of the season. The only thing they've got think, to look forward to is first pick.
1: Yeah, which you wouldn't trust them to get right. There is so much dysfunction around the the front offices and and and, and stuff going there. And you, you've got Johnny Manziel as your recent first round pick who. Is you know dropping his way out of the league. Um, it's like, a, it's it like was,
0: a roundabout of quarterbacks at uh, Cleveland in Cleveland, doesn't it? Because apparently he's back again. He's going to be back again this week.
1: Yeah, because Austin Davis didn't do enough. But no. this is there's there's the, I'm hearing talk of it being a um, there's something of a power strike struggle. I think if Petin was left to his own devices, right, you know Johnny Manziel wouldn't be starting. But there's pressure from the owner or the GM to start this quarterback and find out what they've got. But the guy was you know, out drinking when he was expressly told yeah. not, were still lied about it. And it's just, I mean, we. I think we've said it a number of times, both because of the stories about Manzil but also being in the AFC North, they're a team that I'm sort of aware of, and it's just, you feel sorry for those fans. It's going to be another rebuild job, and unless the owner, you know, takes his time, finds the right guy and sticks with him for mm-hmm. a few years, it's going to take a while to turn around.
0: There were some odd calls on the on the play calling. One one that kind of struck me was at the beginning of the second quarter, um, fourth down, fourth and I think it was fourth and fourteen. I think they just had a uh, the Browns were on offense. Um, they were fourth and fourteen. I think they just had a uh, the, a penalty. I can't remember what for, but I think it took about them back to fourth and fourteen. They were only seven nothing down at the time. They were in long. They were within uh, long field goal range, but they still went for it on fourth and fourteen.
1: I couldn't get my head around that call. It's yeah, I've, I'm almost at the point where yeah, you know, I mean you're right, but in a thirty-seven to three loss, you know the odd, strange, strange sort of fourth down call. You just know the best I can explain it is is that. Coach you know, knew he was in the back, and he didn't want to give up possession and wanted to remain aggressive. But... For me, though,
0: that's the the thing is, they could have it could have really kind of it could have changed the game just getting a few points on the on the board at, the, at that early stage because it's 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 like you say, like you say in in football over here, if one if you if you're two 0 down, you get one back. That kind of puts a bit a bit more life in you. It gives you a bit more uh, gives you a bit more to go on, but. I, yeah, it was a strange call.
1: I Berth, I mean, the funny thing for me was that Berthick was complaining about um, giving up the three the, um, points. He was, you know, <laughs> yeah. I suppose it's good, but he was upset that they hadn't pitched a shutout because of that um, that that field goal off the short yardage. But yeah. uh, the, the problem for the offense was they just couldn't get anything going. Our, the Bengals' D line was excellent. Geno Atkins has been so good this season and was again in the backfield causing disruption if he, even if he didn't get you know the huge sack figures to show for it he yeah. was causing him so many holding penalties and disrupting um, the running game and they could just get nothing going
0: well that's it i mean we both we both picked Bengals on this one uh, both correct so uh, again both uh, both got a point.
1: OK, let's have a look around the uh, the rest of the league.
0: So, uh, the MetLife Stadium hosted the Battle of New York this week, but it was the Green half who went home with the win. A uh, field goal in overtime saw the Jets beat the Giants by 23 points to 20. The Rams' slump continues in St. Louis as they were thumped, this time by Carson Palmer's in-form Arizona Cardinals. Final score was 27-3. A win for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers made sure both they and the Atlanta Falcons went home with a 6-6 record. Uh, they pulled off a 23-19 victory uh, and both kept their postseason prospects alive. There was a rare victory for the 49ers on Sunday, but they needed overtime to get it. San Francisco eventually beat the Chicago Bears by 26 points to In a surprisingly high-scoring game, the Tennessee Titans picked up the win over the Jacksonville Jaguars, whose season's starting to stutter a bit. Uh, the final score was 39-42. The Bills kept up their pressure on the AFC wildcard places with a win again this week, this week against the Houston Texans. Uh, their 30 points to 21 win takes them to 6-6, six and six. Uh, it's one win behind the Jets and the Chiefs who currently occupy the Wild uh, wildcard places. In Oakland, the Raiders couldn't make it two in a row but they were playing an informed Kansas City Chiefs team uh, who emerged victorious by a score of 34 points to 20. Osweiler continued to keep Peyton Manning on the sidelines with a third win in three games. This week it was the San Diego Chargers on the wrong end of things, losing by 17 points to three. The Minnesota Vikings couldn't keep themselves a game ahead of the Packers this week. Their heavy loss to Seattle Seahawks by 38 points to seven saw them drop off the top spot of the NFC North. The Panthers made it to 12 and 0, guaranteeing themselves a place in the postseason in the process. Their win this Sunday came at the expense of the New Orleans Saints with a final score of 41 38. Uh, there was a big win for the Steelers in Pittsburgh uh, in the late game on Sunday as they beat the Indianapolis Colts by 45 points to 10. And in Monday night's game, a Tony Romo-less Dallas Cowboys managed to scrape out a win in Washington. Uh, this was another game which saw a last-minute field goal uh, seal the game, which ended 18-16 and still nobody wants to win the NFC East. Let's have a look at a couple of other moments. Uh, some, of the, some of the big moments of the uh, of the week from the games this uh, this week. First ever um, blocked Point after attempt, uh, return for two points. Uh, Saints versus Panthers. Did you see that?
1: I, I'm aware of it. Um, I haven't seen it, but um, I'm aware that I think the big thing they're trying to work out is what they can kind of call it. So, as you know, we know it's a pick <laughs> six, and it's what what a blocked two. It all seems a, a bit two. weird.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, there would have been two if it wasn't for a penalty in the in the Ravens Dolphins game. They they returned another one, um, but there was there was a penalty on the on the guy who blocked the uh, blocked the ball, so there could have been two in one week. Have been impressive. I know. That's it uh Mariota um managed to pick up 112 yards rushing uh, including an eighty-seven-yard touchdown. It's like that's that's Madden figures, isn't it? It it,
1: it is. I mean, it, we're back to. I think we spoke about this uh, earlier in the in the year. In that Mariota was running QB in um, college, and that was a big knock on him was whether he was going to be able to take the next step of of the NFL. And it's almost you've got that best of both worlds, like you have with Aaron Rodgers. And I'm not believe me, not comparing the two of them yet because that's very unfair on Mariota. But you've got that thing where he's just looks like to be. A really good player, but mm. he has that in that locker if you need it, and you don't want to rely on it. But it's handy when it happens. Always good to
0: have a quarterback who who doesn't mind running when it's uh, when it's needed.
1: Anything else catch your eye this week? Uh, a couple of ones for me um, in the Seahawks Vikings game. Cordarrelle Patterson, 101 yard kickoff return down. 35 nil, and is high-stepping into the end zone. It's like, dude, <laughs> sort your life out. And then the other one was Antonio Brown was doing Antonio Brown things as usual. Um, but at the end of the punt return, he runs it all the way back into the end zone and launches himself groin-first into the goalpost. Oh, goal yeah. Post.
0: I had seen that. Yeah, I did see this. <laughs>
1: How painful. Why would you do that? I have no idea what he was thinking, particularly as he got penalised for using the goalpost yeah. as a prop. I saw the
0: flag, yeah, I saw the flag straight after.
1: <laughs> like, what are you thinking, man? <laughs> it's a
0: pepper it's that time again to have a look at what G's been writing about this week it's been a bit uh, busier than in previous weeks uh, this week but uh, one of the things we talked about was the um, the Texans you were going to have a look at the Texans defence I suspect personally that you just wanted to see uh, an excuse to, to watch JJ Watt uh, we've covered how much you, uh, you you adore JJ Watt Um <laughs> I don't think you got a chance to have a look at the coaching tape, did you? But I think you've uh, you've you've seen enough to be able to uh, to to make a bit of a comment on it.
1: I have an idea of what's going on. I didn't get to see as much as I would have liked, just because I forgot that there was stuff going on this weekend, and I really want to watch more coaching tape. Well, just life go away. Would someone like to pay me to to watch it? Because that would be fabulous. I'd be really nerdy about it. I'll but I'm that sort of well. aware of what had been going on um, recently. Is that um, over the last few weeks the Texans had simplified their defense, and that they weren't blitzing as much and basically their cunning plan was that um, we'll play straight coverages, we'll rush four and we'll let JJ Watt be JJ Watt and that was working really really well up until this week when um, the uh, opposition came up with a cunning plan of let's focus our um, uh, our our protection around stopping J.J. Watt and, and we'll be OK. There are still other good players on that team. I I, mean, I was really upset when um, the Bengals, I want to say let go is, is the wrong term, but couldn't come to an agreement with Jonathan Joseph and the Texans just gave him more money and he wanted to change. And so it wasn't like like the Bengals dropped him. But He was a really, really good cornerback mm. and he's still pretty damn good. And so... There's a few players and, you know, Vince Wilfork on that defensive front and they were playing nicely. But the problem is if you play that simplified execution defense and you're relying on one player, as good as he is, if you can come up with enough bodies to throw at him just to slow him down enough that you can... Generate offense that way, and Tyrod Taylor is—he's not setting the world alight, but considering this is his first year starting, he's doing really, really rather well. In that he's—he doesn't set the world alight with his arm, but he throws—he throws the deep ball well enough. And Sammy Watkins is such a good receiver that—that that gives you the defense. <laughs> oh, damn, that gives you the <laughs> stretching defense thing that I was talking about earlier about having the option of that balance. Plus, you've got that dual threat of running and a running quarterback.
0: So uh again with the with the the G Claxon in mind, um keep brief on this one. Um, you also looked at the uh what you've what you kinda of learnt from this season. I'm sure you could probably go on for hours with this, but uh, just really really quickly without giving too much away. Give us a quick idea on your thoughts.
1: Uh, the main thing I think I'll pick out for is one that's almost a cliche but is so easy to forget because of the nature of modern media is that um it's a really long season. And it's yeah. a really long season for these players. And the team that you watch in September is not the same as the team that you'll watch in October, if it's not in November. You know, they split them into three quarters, and you can look at the development of these teams. The Patriots have been so good and all of a sudden they're struggling because there are problems. The Seahawks have been struggling all season and suddenly come the beginning of December are beginning to look dangerous and you wouldn't want to play them again. And it's so easy to fall into that narrative of this team is rubbish, that team is bad. And with a couple of exceptions, I mean look at the Detroit Lions turnaround. How frustrating must be that that it took them so late in the season to find a formula that works. But the offense is really turning around there and Touched on stuff in the past about how important it is for front office and the coaching staff to working in harmony to get a roster going. And I think if you look around the league, you'll find that successful teams are ones where there's a bunch of stability and all sides of the franchise are working together.
0: Uh, Really, really quickly, what have you got planned for this week?
1: Absolutely nothing. Um, I need to watch some coaching tape, and I'm not sure yet. Um, I need to look at the games and have a think about it. Um, There seem to be a lot of good ones, and then an awful lot of blowouts. Yeah, I, I will have a look. I'm open to suggestions if there's anything you want me to take a look
0: at. Uh, I will have a think. I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's... Yeah, for all that and much more uh, make sure you check out the blog this week at thewrongfootball.com. Are you ready for
1: some
0: football? Right then, let's see our picks for week 14. There's some, uh, some interesting lines this week. Uh, first line of the week is the Thursday night game. It's Vikings at Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals uh, have seven and a half points taken off them. I still personally think that the Cardinals will do this one
1: I do too I just not sure that they'll do that much and for me it really depends on how many of the defenders that the Vikings were missing last weekend are going to be back on a short week um, yeah. as to whether I'm going to go for the Cardinals covering that line or coming under but I think the Cardinals will win
0: yeah I'm going to go for the Cardinals on that uh, second game is a straight who's going to win this one uh, Bills at Eagles um having watched i know the like you said the, other, the earlier sorry um the eagles have got good special teams and that kind of thing but again other than that i can't see where their points coming from i think this is going to be a bills win
1: i tend to agree with you my problem is that i don't trust that bills team but i think you're right and if sammy watkins is going to you know start turning into the receiver that we thought he was going to be then yeah maybe bills
0: uh seahawks ravens ravens given an eight and a half points lead uh but I'm still going to go for the Seahawks. They're one of them teams that you don't want to be playing at the moment.
1: I think that it's curious that Jimmy Graham goes out and Russell Wilson gets better, but that seems to be what's happening. He seems to be distributing the ball, and I think I agree. Uh,
0: 49ers-Browns, one and a half point uh, lead for the 49ers on this. It's kind of a no-brainer. I th- I'm going to go with the 49ers. Yeah,
1: particularly as they're actually taking one and a half points off the Browns. How are yeah. the Browns giving points to anybody, even can, at home? I couldn't
0: understand that. I couldn't understand that at all.
1: Johnny Manziel, not good. I mean, the 49ers' defence is not as good away from home or well, hasn't been this season but they just beat the bears so yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, so another one who's who's going to win um lions at rams uh, I'm going to with the with the resurgence of the lions I'm going to go with the lions
1: yeah I think I agree with you um the rams seem to be drifting apart and you that that offense is just a mess because you can just stack the box bottle up gurdy in the line because it's such a mess in the interior yeah. um yeah I just think the lions all the way you watch the rams win now
0: <laughs> it's always the way. It's always the way. Uh, another points total that baffled me, um, this this, this one. Um, Jets at tight... Ty- uh, sorry, Titans at Jets. Uh, Jets have seven and a half points taken off them. I don't get that.
1: That's a high line. I mean, the Jets have been good, but the Titans yeah. have... The defence, I mean, they've just given up a lot of points, but it's been pretty solid. They're not a good team, but yeah, it no. does seem somewhat high for the Jets. Yeah, I was
0: going to say the Jets, but with that seven and a half points... I don't know. Yeah, I think I think we're
1: gonna to have to look long and hard at that one.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, your big game of the week, uh Steelers at Bengals. Um Steelers given three and a half points. I'm gonna pick the Bengals.
1: I'm worried. I know you are,
0: of worried, you're always worried
1: um, Yeah, but in particular reason um, the one area that we're developing a bit of a weakness at the moment because we keep picking up injuries is the secondary and the one yeah. thing you don't want to have a problem with facing the Steelers at the moment and they're as both receivers is the secondary, is the secondary. Uh, I think it's a, a, going to be a really close toss up game and that half point extra to give it to three and a half worries me um the steelers could very easily win this i yeah i so say i'm gonna go for the bengals um colts at jags what do you reckon honestly who knows i mean i think it's the colts games, are looking they? at possibly having um clipboard jesus playing for them and charlie winehurst at quarterback and um the jacksonville jaguars are just good enough to look like they're gonna win them and they don't except when they do <clears>
0: yeah i don't know it's one of those games that's, that could could I could quite easily see going either way. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards Colts for now, but we'll, we'll see what happens by the end of the weekend. Uh, the points, again, made this one really, really, really difficult. Chargers at Chiefs, nine and a half points given to the Chargers. Now, I know that the Chargers have been pretty terrible for weeks now, but do I think they've
1: been nine and a half points terrible? Their defence is been rotten for most of the year, and yeah. the Chiefs, defense is playing so well that i'm just not sure rivers is going to be able to keep him in the game he's been doing yeah. it he's been playing actually really well all season and sort of the results really depends on how quickly that pass rush is getting him and whether he's got time to do anything or if he's just getting buried and i think he really might struggle against this chief team um yeah
0: i don't know again another one i'm not sure i can't i can't call it um Washington travel to the Bears, um, and I'll give them three and a half points. Uh, I think I'm going to go with them. I think I think the Redskins for me on this one.
1: Yeah, I mean the Bears are, are, are giving three and a half points, but then do Washington want to win this game? They've just lost to to a Tony Romoless Cowboys. They've been not as good on the road as they have been at home. Ah, mm. oh, there's an awful lot of up in the air. Two, you know, two teams that you don't trust playing each other. Yeah. What the hell do you do type games this week?
0: There is. Um, one that I think uh was, was relatively straightforward for me, uh Panthers, Falcons. I I, I know the Falcons are given seven and a half points, but I think uh, I think they're going to make it thirteen this week, and I think they're going to do it by more than seven and a half. Oh
1: my lord! I know you, when you mentioned it, you said that both teams left with a six and six record. But cons- when um, talking about the Falcons Buccaneers game, but given yeah. that the Falcons went five and zero to start the season, yeah. my word, they've dropped off. Yeah, yeah, there's only one winner in this one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Saints at Buccaneers what do, what do we reckon there? I think the Bucks might sneak above the um, Falcons for the first yeah. time this season I've just they seem to be rolling in the right way and the Saints put up a lot of last, uh, points last week but that defence still can't be trusted um, 3.5 points though they're on the road though
0: mm, fair point and,
1: and they've never been a great road team just throwing that out there
0: I'm, I think I was still going to go with for the Buccaneers I just uh, thought I'd try and put you off but it uh, clearly didn't work <laughs> um, <laughs> Raiders at Broncos, um, seven and a half points given to the Raiders. Uh, I'm going to go controversial here. I'm going to go with the Raiders.
1: I think you um, might well be right in a um, losing cover there. I don't. Yes. I'm not sure, but with the way the Broncos are playing, I think they'll win. But they're doing that tight close thing, which suits yeah. their defense. Um, Osweiler not giving the ball away. I think you are probably on the ball there.
0: Yeah, I think that's it. I think the Broncos will win, but I don't think they'll do it by eight. Personally. Uh, Cowboys at Packers, uh, seven and a half points again to the uh, to the Cowboys. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I think I'm still going Packers.
1: Am I allowed to pick Packers just out of hope? Of course, go for it. <laughs> I mean, I just don't, I mean the the Green Bay offense is misfiring. The defense is playing in fits and spurts. All is not well there. But please, just please, I'm <laughs> so fed up of talking about this Cowboys team. Just please. <laughs> Patriots at Texans.
0: Um, Texans are only given three and a half points, which kind of says something about the. uh, Bearing in mind the the run that the Patriots were on, that kind of says something about the uh, state of the team at the minute. I'm I'm still going to go for the Patriots, but. I thought they'd, the Texans would be given a few more points than that.
1: You say that that's a six and a half point swing from the standard minus three home to um, yeah. giving free, getting three and a half. See, I don't and look
0: at that standard three home. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I, I never never kind of take that into account.
1: I'm just not sure that the Patriots have all the tools right now. And if JJ Watt goes off, we'll see. Put it this way: the Eagles just beat them. Yeah. Fair point.
0: Uh, I am, of course, as always, going for the Dolphins uh, playing against the Giants again in another straight. Who is going to win? Game? Um, what? What? Are you? Which? Which side of the fence are you sitting on?
1: Um, I'm leaning towards the side of the fence that has Odell Beckham, basically yeah. because he's Odell Beckham. Um, but the Giants have not been good recently; they've been losing games. But I just, I think it'll be a close game, and and the points really not helping me here because the Dolphins and them you're not that far apart because you're on the same record so yeah i think i'm going giant
0: yeah well they they don't want to win that league though if they win they might win the league and that's oh careful careful um, now <laughs> um so after uh, after week 13 you're at 101 and i'm on at 92. <laughs>
1: I felt that
0: one way up here. Well, that's it for episode eight of the Wrong Football Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening. We'll be back next week with episode nine, looking back at all of Week Fourteen's games and head to Week Fifteen when even more teams will be guaranteeing themselves. Uh, some post-season football Uh, in the meantime remember to subscribe to the podcast follow us on Twitter at Wrong Football get involved in a bit of banter at TWF Facebook page Uh, check out the blog at thewrongfootball.com if there's anything you want us to discuss next week please drop us an email to TWFpodcast at Outlook.com thanks for listening we'll see you next week